we've begun. Uh, we are back again. We are delighted to be here. Thank you so much for joining us again in the motel, our horror motel. Um, it is myself, Allison June-Smith, with the delightfully wonderful Bunny Galore. Hello, my love. Oh, hello, Allison, and welcome back to the homelands. Well, my homelands. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. How was Canada? Thank you, Canada. Look, uh, to be honest with you, I think of this as my homeland, too. In fact, in Canada, I actually said to a bunch of people, oh, I'm going home. I'm going home on Tuesday. And I was like, oh, I now refer to the UK as home. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I was like, oh, isn't that nice? Uh, but lovely Canada was uh, was excellent. I mean, it was uh, I had a lovely time. It's always nice going home. What was particularly lovely about this trick uh, trip is I got to um, perform in the comedy club that I started in. Um, so the very oh, first wow. stage, yeah, that I ever stepped foot on to do like my first amateur night, my first comedy set. Um, I haven't been able to play there for a while. Yeah, blah blah blah, various reasons. What different but, country and all that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for the first time in fifteen years, I got to go back home on my uh, on my original stage that I ever started on, and it was. Uh, yeah, how was it? How did you feel? Were you nervous? I mean, no, I was really, to be honest with you, I was more excited than anything else because, look, like, it's the very first place that I ever tried. And I don't know, look, if you think back in all your lives, whatever your job is, the very first place that you start doing something, I mean, it is so nostalgic when you get to go back and, and like, I was the headliner, so all the young amateurs were like, it's so nice to meet you. And there was a girl there who was doing it for the very first time ever, and I just, like, gravitated towards her. I was like... This is full circle. I'm so glad to be able to share this moment with you. And uh, it was so funny because I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter what you say. This is your first time getting up and doing stand-up. Good for you. You're so brave. And she got up on stage and she blanked and she just said to the audience, well, Allison told me backstage it doesn't matter what I say, so you all better laugh. And they all laughed. It was a beautiful moment. (laughs) That is a great lesson in self-awareness um i remember the first time I've, you know, we've had this conversation off off camera uh off microphone i should say uh that my i only done stand up once as bunny galore my very first gig as bunny galore was on live tv on a channel called live tv um which was a show you could just i, I mean the madness of just like hey, oh i want to come and do some stand up you know literally have no experience and they just put you on television uh, but they had like five, you know, a one anchor and then five comedians a night, I think. And why I thought that was a good idea. There is a videotape that's never been shown. Uh, but a friend went on before me and got on before me. And I I told him about it. And he did that. He Why I'm telling the story particularly is because, one, stand-up is the hardest thing ever. I would never do it again. Uh, <laughs> I used to hide behind songs for the last 25 years since. Now I do less and less and less and less songs. And now it is a stand-up of sort but it's not a, it's not a written stand-up but i talk more than i used to but uh but also it's just absolutely terrifying and he blanked that like he did exactly the same thing and blanked on live tv and just didn't know to do, and froze kind of in fear with it um so i think i so good for her for learning that lesson of making a joke out of it and acknowledging it that's yeah. a really really good way of doing it and how was your set yeah. how did your yeah. set go darling 
Oh my gosh. I mean, it was, look, I get to be home. I was in my home city of Calgary. I got to make jokes about Calgary. I kind of had insider advantage. Uh, you know, they, they introduced me as like being from the UK. And every time they do that, and then I walk up and I'm like, hey, buddy. They're like, uh, no, she's one of us. She's not from the UK. So it was uh, it was just fun to be able to like joke about my hometown, joke about my life experiences, talk to them about this is the first place I ever did stand up. It was uh, it was glorious. It was really great. And uh, it was so sweet to have like staff that work there now who have no idea who I am. The manager of the club is the same. So it was nice to like reunite with him. But they're all like, you were amazing. And it's just so nice to hear that when you're like, I wasn't when I started. So thank you very much. <laughs> I'm still not now, to be honest. It's all smoke and mirrors, guys. It really is. Um, yeah. I've got any better. Oh, I was dreadful when I started. Um, it's funny. You've made me think. So the first place, I've had a lot of firsts, you know, with you know, working in various places. First time ever in a yeah. theatre is my local theatre in near Portsmouth. Well, in Portsmouth, I come from near Portsmouth. It's called the King's Theatre South Sea. It's an old Matcham theatre, and that's a, the designer of theatres, which are a lot of the London theatres are Matchams, like Wimbledon. and um, uh, I think even the E&O is a Matcham, I think. Um, but so it's very magical. So I always judge every other theatre by the King's Theatre South Sea of being that chocolate box type of theatre. And I've never been back. That was back in my amateur days before drama school. I've never been back, I've realised lately. And I keep on going, they not ask me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know what I'd go. I suppose they don't produce. It's a touring house. You go on there on tour. They don't really do inside, apart from the pantomime, I guess. But they don't do um, their own production. So why would I go back, I guess? But but I, it, it's on the bucket list now. I'm going to have to do it, aren't I? I'm going to have to return like Norma Desmond in a turban to the King's Theatre South Sea. <laughs> you always got to go home just to realize where you've come from, right? Yes, That's the important thing. Just that. so you can measure where you're at. Um, yeah, it's it's really important, everyone. Always go home. Yes. Uh, but when you go home, I'm going to segue into this quick thing. When you do go home, um, this is what I'm realizing about uh, international flying right now is that... Um, so luggage getting lost is a very common thing now, everyone. Really? So what you got to do, oh my God, yeah. Like on the last three trips, two out of three, my luggage has been lost for half the trip. So now what I do is I take my big suitcase and I take the little suitcase and I play the game, what am I willing to lose? And anything I'm willing to lose, I put in my big suitcase. Anything that I am not willing to lose comes in the little suitcase. It gets tricky with liquids, everyone, but literally it's like Russian roulette when you fly now. So remember that. Little suitcase, wow. I need. Big suitcase, uh, that's just a Primark skirt. I can replace that. <laughs> like it. Ah. So that's what I've learned this last trip, oh, really. Sh- Pack. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, that's a nightmare of doing drag, particularly. So that explains, bless her, Jinx Monsoon to having to arrive at DragCon and they do this runway of the car- red carpet to parade of all the drag race queens. And she had to do it in a suit with a sign saying, my cases didn't arrive. Uh, and then, bless her, when she's doing the press launch for Chicago, uh, she had a little sign saying, my luggage has arrived. Because <laughs> she was then in full drag for the press launch for Chicago yeah. on Broadway. Bless, uh, you know, I wish I could go and see that. It looks amazing. But thanks for the warning. Yeah, I, that's a bit scary. It's particularly if you're going to perform somewhere. If you need your stuff, you're kind of... Take your stuff. There's a... There's, yeah. Bunny Galore takes a suitcase by herself. She's It's a bit of a full-size coffin but, <laughs> to get her <laughs> crowbar in it, there. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, wow. it's, that'd it's be, that terrifying. Would, that would so. work if you didn't have the suitcase, I have to say. Wow. Um, exactly. Did you get tip, back to the UK? Okay. No, nothing lost, apart from any morals or scruples, obviously. Well, not only did I get back to the UK, nothing lost. I, um, it happened, everyone. The dream happened. What? I got bumped to first class. Oh, I see. Uh, amazing. I got bumped at first. Amazing. Class. For a second, then I thought you said you got engaged. I thought that's where that was coming. Oh, dear God. Yeah, honestly, the excitement level between engagement and first class, nah. First wow, class yeah. wins every time. Yeah. yeah, I got bumped at first class because I was in the front row. I always purchase a stretch your leg out kind of, mm. but it's also the baby row, everyone, because then the bassinets can sit in front. So on this one occurrence, it was nothing but mums and babies. And so the head flight attendant, after takeoff, came over and said, uh, we see you've paid for a comfort seat. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, they looked at the babies and they go, this doesn't look too comfortable. Would you like another seat? And I was like, well, listen, I paid so I could stretch my legs out. All the comfort seats, like, what were you thinking? And the guy just looked over at first class and then looked back at me and I just started picking up my stuff. <laughs> I just started gathering my stuff. <laughs> and so I... <laughs> Flew back in first class with rich people who are probably looking at me like, no, no, no. Why is she? Why is she? I'm like, look at it. Turns into a full bed. Like I was so excited. So that was the return journey was amazing. amazing. Oh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, how long is the flight back? Actually, I've never been to Canada, so I don't know how long the flight would you be. You go from yeah, say from like Toronto, uh, from uh, London, where you are, to Toronto or one of the major cities. It's like eight hours. But because I'm in Calgary, Alberta, there's always a little connecting in Amsterdam. Right. So it turns into 12 to 14 hours. Oh, gosh. A little bit of a journey. Yeah. But um, that little bit of a journey. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, was, which, so which flight uh, out of the two did you get um, uh, upgraded on? Oh, the long one. A long one. Yeah, the one from yeah, yeah, the lot, the eight-hour chunk, which was, wah, wah. and that way I had a, a very relaxing eight-hour journey where I could watch the films that I wanted to watch, including our film for today. Oh. Get in. I watched it again on my third glass of champagne. That's all I'm saying, everyone. I was like, champagne number three. Let's put on my choice. Um, so yeah, so, yes. so that brings us to today's movie. We get yeah, wonderful segue as always, Alison. Now you left us last time <laughs> on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to build this up anymore. But <laughs> do you want to tease our gentle listener with uh, some little teasing morsels about the movie? I love that you went with cliffhanger. That's fun. That's fun. Um, it is a cliffhanger. Uh, you know, it's um. This movie is particularly, gosh, I mean, as far as, I think this movie, as far as uh, claustrophobic tight spaces go, this movie ranks in one of the scariest, I think, one of the scariest, so it's tight spaces. Uh, An all-female cast, if you will, Um, and then some monsters appear. So if you haven't put all those facts together yet, Bunny, what what is the movie I'm bringing to the table today? What is the movie that I'm going to check into our motel? It is The Descent. Wow. My opinion, one of the scariest movies, right? There's so many layers to this movie. Now, if if you have never seen The Descent, 
Um, I love that when I brought this up to you, you were like, oh, yes, good one. See, the fun thing about this is we just get to share the movies that we love and remind ourselves, oh, my God, yes, I love that movie. So The Descent, if you've never seen it, is, is a story about six women who enter a cave system and struggle to survive against humanoid creatures inside. Now, the first time I watched this movie, I don't know about you, but I did not know about the humanoid creatures and them being stuck splunking in a cave was terrifying enough, which, by the way, splunking does mean caving. It is not a euphemism for something else. Splunking means caving. I guess caving could be a euphemism for something else. (laughs) Did you splunk off me? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Every day. Uh, but this movie, I, look, I didn't know about the monsters, the humanoid creatures, uh, the crawlers, as they are actually technically called. That was the name for them, the crawlers. I didn't know they were even going to appear. And I found the movie terrifying just because the idea of, of these caves and the tight little spaces. It, it, I don't know about you, but are you like a tight space? Not like, how do you feel about so, tight space? <laughs> so many euphemisms. I'm so, sorry. How do you feel about it? So many my brain overload can't compute can't must not um insensible folks uh it's one of those so i've had such i've shown strange reaction to this movie i didn't like it when i first saw it and i realize why now because i think i am quite claustrophobic when it comes to particularly underground claustrophobia because I was watching uh, an episode of The Cabinet of Curiosities, I think it's on Netflix. Yes, One yes, of the episodes, which is great, by the way. Amazing, yeah. amazing. I, I loved it. It's like a movie every episode. And I think it's the second or third episode. It's to do with grave robbing, and he goes down a shaft in the grave. And I had to watch most of the episode on fast forward. Literally, I had to jump through the scenes. I've never had that such a visceral reaction to something before and it made me really uncomfortable so when he came to this movie I kind of went oh I I know why I didn't not hated the movie but I didn't find it a very enjoyable watch because of that and then I'm not a great fan of the end and I'm not a great fan of the character development of the of the female cast I'm a great fan of the uh, production, which I didn't realize it's all shot on in Pinewood. It's, it's shot on set. It's not. It's Pinewood not, Studios. Not, it's yeah. not in um in a real cave, which I'd never realized. Even rewatching it, I knew that before I rewatched it. And I was still going, "Oh, is that not real?" Um, and I love the monsters. I love the direction. I love the set. Love but I wasn't very. I don't think. I think this might be to do with cinema at the time especially English cinema at the time, I don't think the character development is very advanced with the characters before they go into the caves. There are some, you know, camaraderie scenes in the cabin. I don't think all the characters are very well defined. This is not the actress's fault. This is the writing's fault, I think. It's not really giving you a lot of dynamics to hook onto or backstories to give them some empathy before they go in so they kind of you feel a little bit removed from them I think when you go inside the caves and of course which in the in the publicity they don't show the monsters so no. at that point in the movie I was being like oh this is really uncomfortable just uncomfortable to watch and then no one's got much to 
character to latch on to. And then, of course, the monsters arrive. You don't care anymore. Uh, <laughs> you're like, ah, yeah, this is terrifying. Holy shit. Yeah. 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 And I think it was all a shock to a lot of people because I don't think a lot of people realised that, that that was going to happen. I don't think in the publicity they used, I think it was kind of inferred that there's something in the caves, but there's not, it wasn't shown, I don't think, in the trailers originally. I could be wrong there. Um, however, I've watched, uh, I've, I've just actually watched a really lovely YouTube reviewer who is called, let me just check, uh, uh, Ryan Hollinger. I hope I've said that right, Ryan. I hope I have, because he loves the movie and he thinks the complete opposite to me. And I was like, this is really good. And I want to hear your opinion on it as well, because I, the elements I didn't like, he really loved. So he loves the ending and he, and he, um, he loves the, the, the characters. I find really multi-layered and things. And I, I didn't really see that the first time. The second time, and I don't think I've watched it since I first watched it, the when it first came out, I should say, I have changed my mind about it, I think. But I think it suffers a little bit. I would say the same thing about 28 Days Later, though, and Dog Soldiers. I think that maybe it was just the style at the time that you don't really get a lot of schmaltzy character development, perhaps. And I, I think you need a bit of that before you go into the caves. When did you first see it, Alison? So I first saw it, I would say, oh, my God, like quite a few years ago. And I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it um, at home, you know. Same, you know, same, I think. Yeah, I didn't see yeah, the cinema. Yeah. And again, I had I had no expectations for this. I was just it was just often I'll just play Russian roulette and choose a horror movie and just watch horror movies. So this was one of those ones that I, you know, and I hadn't watched Dog Soldiers. I hadn't watched, you know, I didn't know any of the history of uh, of Neil Marshall. Uh, and his works, so I had no expectations going in. This, to me, was kind of like a dusk till dawn in that I believe it was two movies in one, yes. which I loved, right? Right, you're so right, yes. Yeah. So dusk till dawn, again, if you haven't seen it, it's like it starts out, we see this family journey, there's criminals, there's like horrible stuff going on, you're like, oh my God, and then all of a sudden, boom, it turns into a vampire movie, and you are not, it's like there's this whole backstory, and then boom, vampire story. That's how I felt about this, right? Because in the beginning, so, and it's interesting that you say you didn't feel that there was enough of a development because Mr. Marshall, uh, when this movie was initially, like, going to be made, it wasn't supposed to be an all-female cast. They had it as a mixed cast. So there were men and women that were going to be, you know, this team. And then he went, no, no, I want all women. So actually, he decided to speak with many of his female friends and he did a lot of research and asked them, like, okay, female friendships. How do you speak? What goes on? What is... So I think it's interesting that you're like, I felt like it could have been developed a bit more. Um, whereas he did, you know, try to... Again, it is a man directing women's relations. Well, I think, so I sure think that might little. be it. I, th I, no, I, yeah. I was aware of this and I was thinking, mm, still not that convinced. And I think that's possibly because it wasn't a female writer or co-writer. It's a bit like, Hush. I love him on other things. I love Stephen Moffat a lot. I love his work, but I, he doesn't write very well for women most of the time. River Song probably being the only thing I can think of that works. It, he, he, for whatever reasons, um, I don't really believe a lot of his female dialogue. And and I, yeah, I, I think that might be to do with, I think it, I, I think it's more to do with the period. It's just, it's a bit like yeah. mid 80s when people are just, talking at each other rather than to each other on TV. And I... It's just I, the style that was going around at the time. And I think the style at that point, it's kind of the Footballers' Wives era 
where it is a little bit surfacey again. And I didn't think it was until I've looked back at some of the TV around that time. I think it changes again in the mid-noughties. But that early noughties stuff is, um, yeah, it's just a little bit um, kind of uh, aggressive uh, bantery. And it's not really... It's very male bantery. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that makes any sense. not that they're not blaming yeah. the cast at all. I think they do it really yep. well, but they just they're not got really a lot to handle. Um, I get what they were doing though, because they were kind of going for that like, forgive me for saying this, I don't mean to generalize, but jock girl, right? Because these girls, mm, the whole exactly thing that, yeah. with these girls is that they're very like they they go rafting. So the first the opening, we see them uh, on a on a white water rafting. Which P.S. the girls did film. There was no stunt doubles. They did that. Very cool. Yes. Um, yeah. And so that's how they open. And then there is a car accident. One of the mains uh, loses her husband the car and the daughter. So har- brilliantly, that that car accident is fantastic, isn't it? But if that's the right word to use about a car accident, I mean, it's it's shocking. It's it's stunning. It, it you feel the anguish that this character is going to be left with, losing her daughter and her husband. P.S. The husband is the only male character, uh, really, in this movie, and they kill him off pretty quick, which I do like. They kill him off pretty quick. We're not talking about yes. monsters. If we just talk about characters. They kill him off pretty quick. They also allude to, in the beginning, there is a bit of an affair that is going on, out, and they're very discreet with it. Yes. With the yes. girl, yeah, one of the friends and the lead. So there's a bit, but we, you know, they don't know. And so you can feel there's that's that love sort of thing I, as well. That's, I think, one of the things that needed to be expanded more. If you're going to do that. A bit that, more, yeah. You kind the of really need, home. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big sci-fi fantasy person but i i do like it slightly more anchored in reality um in hum- humanity and, and you know otherwise otherwise it's i'm not a great fan of pure fantasy like I, i'm not a great lord of the rings fan because people walking around in cloaks up a hill is not very relatable i'd like it a little bit more relatable if you're going to do apocalypse yeah. i like sort of I'm i'm enjoying the last of us uh, but oh. this is a new show, and I thought to begin with... Oh, Filmed this... in Calgary. Filmed in Calgary. Where is it? Oh, in a wow. Yes, it is. I've, yeah. I've just watched the third episode, and I, it's going to take me months to recover from that third episode. That was amazing. Uh, that oh. We won't get into it, but oh my uh, God. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, beautiful then. piece of cinematography. Yeah. It was a movie in and of itself. Okay, yeah. But uh, the first few episodes where it's like, and now, 20 years later, it's like, oh, damn, this is going to be like a bit too far away from reality. But actually, then it proved me wrong completely. So I think I like it a little bit more anchored, and I think that's, it's just that beginning section of the film I still have problems with, with The Descent. I find it not clunky, just spiky and kind of, but you're probably right, it's probably because it's written in a very a Ladette bantery, not, Ladette in the it 90s is. kind of yeah. way. You feel like Denise Van Elton's going to walk on any second. Because um, they're so, all tough girls, right? They're all yeah, tough girls. They're battling the elements. It. They do these things all the time. They're like... Go and you know they do rough things, so I think that's what he was going for, and I get it. Oh. Although God forbid that they uh, hire a uh, woman to come in and actually, think. he just chatted with his friends for free. God yeah. forbid we hire a woman to help you write the dialogue. I won't get into that, but uh, just saying that probably would have helped. But you know, God forbid we put a woman in the writers' room. Um, so uh, it was. I agree. So we we get the, but you know, but they do a good job of trying to establish relationships. We see who's who to who, this and that. Um, and so like, I, I, you know, then I got into the movie and then they were in the caves and then it was like, oh God, like that sort of thing throws me. And then 
the monsters. And then the monsters come out. And what was interesting, now, interesting fact, the actresses, or the actors, I won't, but the ladies who were playing the main roles, they never saw the crawlers or the creatures until the day on set they were filming with them. So they didn't allow the actors to see. So the first time they saw the creatures was the first time they saw, and they said that, like, some of the girls actually, like, screamed, ran off set. Like, it was an absolutely terrifying experience, which really added, I think, to the... to Because the, I think the movie really starts to come together when we get them in. The creatures were also, which I thought was a really interesting thing, hired professional actors. So Craig Conway actually was one of the actors hired. And the reason why they hired professional actors is because he wanted each of the creatures to have their own personality. He wanted us to understand that this was like a society and a world. Because the whole thing is, it's like, oh, they're coming and the monsters are bad. Are the monsters bad? Or were the monsters just living in their world and we got in? You know what I mean? So I thought that was an interesting, who is the evil ones here? Who is the, you know, because they, they didn't know. So I thought that was fascinating that he hired actors to portray because he wanted them all to have their own personalities and their own do i think that came across in the film not so much but i liked the effort i thought that was sweet that he did that i think you see flashes of it don't you because there's the one female um i can say vampire then it's not a vampire at all um creature um because of the bat ears i think uh that uh, which i think is a glorious uh battle between her and one of the characters uh, but that show, I think some of the, yes, I think a lot of the hierarchy is probably missing from it. Yeah. Whether that was ever shot, I don't know, or maybe it was just, I think it nuances it though. And the way that they, you can tell they know what they're doing because the way people are moving, they've obviously done a lot of uh, work in rehearsal to how to move in those oh, costumes. Because yeah. when they hit the camera marks, it's absolutely perfect. And that first jump scare or the first reveal of the first creature, it's just delicious and absolutely. And it was making me, and I kind of remembered bits and pieces, but I couldn't really remember what was happening when I was rewatching it a couple of days ago. That did make me, how on earth did you watch this on a flight? I don't think I could have coped. I did. I was like, well, going into it, I knew what I was doing the second time around. So I was like, had it been the first time, I'm sure everyone in first class would have been like, this woman, get her out of here. Put her back, put her back there. Um, But it was, yeah, yeah. And I love, so then we get into the movie. So we have the the initial meeting, then we get the creatures, then it's the battle of the creatures. The creatures survive for survival as us, the women. Spoiler alert, some people die. Yes. Creatures and humans die throughout this whole what thing. creatures die mm-hmm. that I remember, actually, by the way. I was I don't remember them, the girls fighting back. As A well, lot of creatures. Like, that was well done. That was like, girl power, yeah. kill them all. Which is, again, I think why they set them up like lady, like... Let it bantery, right? To show they're tough, their survival, yes, they're gonna, yes. you know, it was, right. you know, had we had had the sex in the city cast, they would have been dead at it. So they were like, it's on one of the creatures, dead. Um, so I, I like that they did that just to prove like these girls are survivors. And we really see the um, survival of the the lead character as she's lost everyone, because this is all about her finding herself again when she's lost her husband and her baby. So we really see the strength of this character coming through. Then we get to the end. And I love that you're like, I didn't like the end. Now, 
Which end are you speaking of? Because yes. you know there are the two ends. Indeed. Yeah. So um, the UK, if you're listening to this, uh, not in the UK, there's a different ending to the US cut. And the US cut is basically cuts the, the, the British ending off. So in in the film... Uh, it's so stereotypical. I love the difference between the American and the British endings. Yeah, go ahead. I love you. If you want a metaphor for the taste levels. Um, but I'm, I'm not actually sure it went down that well here. I don't know. Um, it ends with Sarah, isn't it? It's Sarah alone. Yeah. And uh, she falls into a, a, a like a nest of where they've been uh, eating and they've discarded bones. And she looks up and she sees daylight and she escapes from the cave, finally gets into a car, drives off. And then she has a bit of a nightmare uh, a, a vision of one of her dead companions. And then suddenly she realized it's a dream and she's still in the cave. She never escaped. And the ending, it ends there with her being surrounded uh, in the darkness. I don't know. The creatures. Crawlers. Um, in the US, they cut that uh, final. You were like, that's scare. too sad. That's too sad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. And it ends with her. I guess it must end. I've never seen the, the American edit, but I guess it just ends with her. A bit like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the girl covered in blood in the back of the van screaming as she's been driven away to safety. Um, yeah. So the first time I saw it, I. I think because the whole film has been so claustrophobic and it's not an easy watch, I don't think, this movie. Um, you kind of want a bit of cathartic release. I love a downbeat ending. In this, I don't yeah. think it works particularly. However, again, the second time watching when I knew it was coming, I went, oh, I get it. I get that. She, even if she escaped, she'd still be trapped in the pain of, of her grief from her husband and her child dying. So I get it. Is it satisfying entertainment? No. Is it satisfying character development? Yes. So from a piece of art side, I think it works. From an entertaining point of view, I don't think it works. And I feel the same about The Mist as well, which has a very similar ending, a really horrifically sad ending. It's yeah. ballsy and it's bold. But does it make you feel satisfied afterwards? Not so much. Unless you know it's yeah. coming. And what I love, too, is because... So basically, we can say, I guess, the official ending that they went with is kind of the American ending because the yes. sequel yes. is Which built is- off of her getting out. So, exactly. you know, without without that, there wouldn't... But that's also so North America, right? Yeah. Well, we need to have another one, so we can't kill her off. We gotta... Let's stick with that ending so we can well, get this. I suppose she could have still... If it were the English ending, she's still... I don't think, you know, she's still just in the same state. She's just... So she could have got out off camera sort of thing. She could have gotten out. She could have, yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way, I did second viewing umpteen years later. I had no idea it was set in America until now. I always presumed it was set in England. Of course you would, because it's... Cause, they're all yeah, English, filled, yeah, but more or less, technically it's in. it was in America. Yeah, uh, no, but, uh, I don't know that. Yeah. It doesn't look, it doesn't look anything like America, does it? Because it just doesn't look anything like it, but... Well, it's it looks... forest, right? There's yeah. forests everywhere. So just create the illusion of forest. It's somewhere in America, forest. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. And in fact, they also, there was a point where while they were making the movie, they thought there was a possibility that what they would do is have the creatures be figments of Sarah's imagination. Yes. Because in the original filming, 
they had one of the uh, creatures in the hospital. Um, so in the beginning when she's there, when her, she loses her husband and her child, in the very first filming, they actually had uh, one of the creatures in, in the hospital background. But then he decided to take that out because he was like, no, we want to see where this goes. So they possibly were going to make it that the creatures were just a part of Sarah's like breakdown. And, and then the battle in the caves would have just been Sarah kind of losing it. And there were no... but they, they then decided to go with the creatures being. But I thought that was very interesting. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I only just read about that in the last couple of days and I had realized it was a thing that makes more sense when you've just described it. Funny enough, because I was a bit like, oh, well. Yes, I suppose it could be a theory that she's it's all in her imagination. She's killed everybody herself. But um, I think it's more satisfying if it's a more traditional. The monsters are actually real, real because it's because it, it's so well realized that you go. Oh, that'd be quite disappointing if it was just her inner demons, literally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little too dark, a little too dark, everyone. Too dark, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting, isn't it? It does make you think. Oh, well, that's a really. It is one of those films I've been meaning to return to for ages. So I'm so happy I had the excuse of doing it for this because I've been meaning to do it, but I knew I probably never would off my own back unless I came, stumbled across it somehow. Um, because it required me sitting down and torturing myself for a couple of hours I know. with with splunking. Uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh! And I hadn't realised how uh, upsetting it is and how distressing it is. Ooh. Oh, okay. I know the monsters. Oh yeah. And I gotta say this: Look, if you like when you watch this, if you haven't watched it, and look, even if even if you've not watched it, we're talking about it. I'm telling you, even though we've told you key parts, you will still love the movie. I truly believe it. Oh, like so many, uh, yeah, I, you'll be jumping out of your it's skin such watching this a good, movie. Such, it's such a good, such great for her. And even the second one, the sequel, The Descent 2, I got to say, I enjoyed it. Did you? I was going to say, I've not, well, I've not watched it. I'm thinking of watching it now. I, I don't know why. I think, I think you should. should. I think, I, think should. I should do. Um, I just remember one of the reasons why particularly I watched this movie is because my flatmate at the time knew one of the actresses in it. And so that's why we watched <laughs> it originally. Um, I, Darcy had a, my old, my old flatmate had a, a um, a friend, I can't. I think it's someone he went to drum school with, or probably was taught by, because I guess they would have been older than him at the time. So I can't remember who it was, but anyway, that's why. That's how we. So we went into it very blind. We really didn't know what was what we were expecting. Yeah, we kind of oh, it's KX yeah. and things like that. So, and I think that's perhaps why I looked at it in a different way with the character development. So I was like, oh, that's. A, I think I was perhaps looking at it from that angle from an actressy point of angle knowing that it was yeah, yeah. Okay, like, oh they're a bit underserved analyzing performances yeah, rather than just right. letting yourself get lost in yes. and by of course by yeah. the time you get in the caves and the monsters then you do lose yourself but that for i think that's why i have a problem with that first sequence because it's a i'm looking at it from a more filmmaky kind of way i think yeah um, so and for the second one look you really got to suspend your disbelief because immediately <laughs> they're like we're taking you back into the caves to go find what happened to these girls. We don't trust you. And I'm like, really? Is that really what would happen in real life? No, you would not drag a person right back into the caves. But I still enjoyed it. And I, I'm going to say, if you like Descent 1, give the second one a go. You will, it, Look, it's good. It's a good, like, there's thrills, there's jumps. You would think you'd be bored. But actually, I really enjoyed the second one, too. I mean, the first one is 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 monumental and wonderful. Second one, you will really enjoy. It. It's not wasted time, okay. in my opinion. Okay. You know? If you're looking for a good scare, that's a good one. Um, 
couple other little interesting facts. The poster artwork for the 2006 U.S. release um, is based on a famous photograph by the surrealist painter Salvador Dali, which features the skull. So it's just two girls, and the way they're sitting, and then their feet come up, it looks like a skull with... Oh, with gosh, US. yes, I remember that. Yes, I, I forgot it was for this yeah. movie, but yes. Yeah, oh, and it was a, yeah. based off a Salvador Dali painting, so yes. I, I loved that. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, was part of the oh, and the the same female bodies as the skull was um part of the poster art for Silence of the Lambs. Ironically enough, there's always a little bit of crossover sometimes, so it was a little bit in Silence yes. of the Lambs as well. Um, just as some added little little interesting things. Now, now that I've brought the movie to the hotel and uh, we've had a little think about it and we've chatted about it, I am interested to know, Bunny. Where in the hotel do you think our motel should we should we check this this into? What room in the motel does this movie deserve to be checked into? Good question. I think it needs to be somewhere uh, a little bit more remote. So I'm going to suggest next to the swimming pool. There's that lovely little pool house. It's a little bit ramshackle. The electric's not working there, so it's quite dark. And I think it should go in there, pride of place, in a good way. This is in a good way, pride of place, because I think it's somewhere that needs to be put somewhere safe, far away from both of us, so we don't get scared by the movie. <laughs> I do love that. And I love that you've tucked it away in that tiny little the little pull-out. Because I was going to say, obviously, a small space. We need a small space. They don't need a lot of room for this movie. So I love that you've tucked. And it's cut on my wilderness. Yes. I, I'm 100% into that. So we... With a heavy yeah. lock and padlock and chain on that door Very to make sure heavy. it doesn't escape. Because it's really yeah. scary, Alison. <laughs> It genuinely is. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's, you've done a wonderful job. I would absolutely agree. Let's let's put it in the pool house uh, because it's dark and it's far away and it's as close to nature as they can get. And uh, I, I think that's an excellent, it's an excellent place to put it. Um, it's one of those specky ideas, isn't it? It's reminded me a lot of the, um, is it 79, 1980, maybe, 1980, I think. There's a, a, a just before American Werewolf in London with the terrifying scenes on the London Underground. There's a similar film to this called Death Flying, I think it's called. And it's Donald Pleasance um, giving us sterling reports. And it's kind of the same thing. There's been a cave-in in the Victorian times on the underground, a station caved in, and a little society of flesh-eating monsters are down there now because they've. it's the, the, the descendants of those original... Victorians that were lost in this caves and of course they've got out so it's these very similar kind of idea uh, but because that's central London that's even more speaking because obviously I would never go potholing but you know we go on the London Underground quite a lot nearly every day so um, yeah that's it. but I love that idea so when this film came along uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's just. At least you can know you can avoid. <laughs> You're not going to go spooky yeah. anytime soon. But uh, it just really remind me of that film. It weirdly does. And what was the name of that film again? Uh, Death Death Line. I think that's right. Um, Death Line. Death Line. I think it was probably called something else in America, but in the UK it is called Death Line. I'll tell you what. I'll let you tell me about uh, what you think. Uh, 
what this reminds you of, and I'll just double check where this the yeah. name of the film. While he's looking up Deathland, I'm going to say, I think we've had excellent recommendations based off this movie. So if you enjoy The Descent, do Descent 2. We also mentioned uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, which is an excellent film as well. And now we're recommending Deathline here as well. So not only do you get him right, it's called Deathline. I think it's a little bit early. It's 1972. Um, right. But it is, it is Death indeed. Yes, Donald Trump. Oh, Christopher Lee is in it and uh, uh, loads of people. Um, so, yes, it's Deathline indeed. Um, I think it's because I was trying to remember what it's called in America and I couldn't remember the American title. But because uh, obviously, uh, you know, we tube, you know, tube lines and things like this, very English terminology, I guess. Um, so I think it's probably called something, you know, <laughs> Subway, Subway Terror. Subway dies. Yeah. So, yeah, Subway dies. Um, right. But it's a great movie. It's a great movie. But it reminds me of that. It's just, I just love that sort of, you know, uh, danger hiding in uh, very iconic places. I think it's always very delicious. Mm. Well, there you have it, everyone. That is our uh, thoughts on The Descent. It is tucked away nicely into the pool house. Uh, we're delighted you you are listening to us again. And um, join us again because our next one is a Valentine's. Yes. Next Wednesday special, I believe. Day. Yes, it is indeed. So uh, it's my turn to bring uh, a movie to the Horror Motel next week, Alison. And for Valentine's Day, that... Oh God help us all. Uh, <laughs> uh, special day. Um, I thought I'd do something that really reminds me of Valentine's Day because it came out in the UK on the 29th of January 1993, a few months after it had premiered in America, and it is Francis Falls Coppola's Bram Straker's Dracula. So it's very full-blooded, it's very operatic, it's, it's uh, you know, it is very iconic, and I think it's perfect for Valentine's Day because, you know, it came out around that time. I think that's why it's so famous in the UK. So join us next time on Horror Motel for Ramsdale's Dracula.